to Reaction Monday here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined by Mo Patton, and boy, what a weekend it was in the world of sports. We have got a jam-packed full show. Mo, how you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm looking forward to this show because we, we got – we got about 20 pounds of show that we're going to try to shove in a 10-pound bag, I think. So we got a lot going on. Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of what we have to do on Mondays. That's that's the the one frustrating thing about <laughs> about having a big weekend of sports is like, how do we get it all in? Well, we probably we won't. don't. Yeah, yeah let's just yeah, be honest. So, we're probably not yeah. gonna, and that's okay. We got a whole week to talk about most of this stuff, but it is SEC tournament week. Men's basketball will be here in Nashville for the week and the weekend. Should be a lot of fun. We'll get into a little bit of that. We'll also talk with Brad Schultz, the head of schools at Lipscomb Academy, who reached out to us and kind of wanted to tell his story. And I kind of like it when folks reach out to us and say, hey, you know what? I want to be on your show. Right. And so I, I couldn't. Now, you know, you, you just got to go with that. You got to be like, all right, yeah, sure, come, man. Come on. Come on. You want to tell your story? We're happy to let you. So we're going to visit with him at three o'clock. We are hopefully going to have a conversation with Teresa Walker, but she is working on something very important concerning what, what we want to talk about. about. So <laughs> uh, if we get her for five minutes, if we get her for 10 minutes, then we'll take what we can get. But we, would, we do want to talk about the John Morant situation. Any Teresa Walker yeah. is better than no Teresa Walker. Amen. There's that. So all of that, much, much more coming up here in just a few moments but of course it is monday and that means we've got a lot of scores and a little schedule to get to and we do that on the rundown this is the rundown 
The Monday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. ZCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy, prepared for college, equipped for purpose. Friday, girls basketball results in D2. It was Innsworth 73, Briarcrest Christian 58, and Knox Catholic knocking off Harpeth Hall 56-46. And boys action, Briarcrest down NBA 57-23. And Brentwood Academy was a 62-57 winner over Knoxville Webb. Saturday, D1 girls action. It was Bartlett 71, Dixon County 51, Blackman down Cleveland 59-29, Bradley Central 61-34, winners over Stewart's Creek. Green Hill ended Brentwood season 36-33, and Clarksville down Whitehaven 56-32. Cookville down Hillsborough 63-24, while South Gibson uh, squeaked by Creekwood. Katie Embry led South Gibson mm-hmm. 38-36. Knoxville Catholic down Zinsworth 60 60- Four to forty-nine in D two action. Jackson Southside was a sixty to thirty-seven win over Murfreesboro Central. Gibson County comes back in the fourth quarter to take out Loretto sixty-five sixty. It was Webb School in a D two state championship game down in Middle Tennessee Christian. How many times did they play this year? 73-43. Westview ended Summertown's year at 58-48, and York Institute beats East Nashville 53-41. Boys basketball action in D2 state championship play. It was Good Pasture 59, Notre Dame 48 in Class A, and in AA, Brentwood Academy down Briarcrest Christian 63-52. In men's college basketball action over the weekend, Auburn defeated Tennessee 79-70. It was Texas El Paso defeating Middle Tennessee State 77-65. Vanderbilt ended its regular season with a 77-72 win over visiting Mississippi State in the Missouri Valley quarterfinals on Friday night. Indiana, no. Friday night? I believe so, yeah. That was quarters? Mm-hmm. I thought they played their championship. Sunday. Okay. Friday, right. Saturday, Sunday. Oh, yeah, okay. All right, there we go. Uh, Indiana State defeated Belmont 94-91 in the Missouri Valley quarterfinals on Friday. In early junior college tournament action over at Roan State, Cleveland State defeated Vol State 79-61, and Columbia State defeated Cleveland State yesterday 75-69. Women's college basketball action this weekend. Middle Tennessee State completed a perfect regular season run at Murphy Center with a 72-68 win over UTEP in overtime. With Mo in attendance. With Mo in attendance, yes. Belmont, I don't think they I don't think there was any that correlation. Yeah, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Belmont defeated Valpo 70 to 67 in SEC tournament action. Tennessee defeated Kentucky. 80 to 71 got that much needed according to Charlie Cream when over oh, LSU he, he's tweeted no that oh. was what he was saying going in oh, okay. um 69 67 defeated of defeated LSU in the semis and then lost on Sunday in the championship game to South Carolina 74 58 in ASUN tournament action Austin P defeated Eastern Kentucky 73 55 Lipscomb defeated North Alabama 63 53. They play their tournament on site at higher seeds, so they have a day so they have between a travel day. Okay, yeah. okay, got gotcha. very weird. Highly, um, junior college women's tournament action. Ball State defeated Columbia State fifty nine uh, fifty three forty nine, and the Lady Pioneers promptly lost to Walter State ninety to forty. Baseball action over the weekend. Nebraska downs Vanderbilt in the opening 
game of the U.S. Bank Stadium ordeal that we talked about, <laughs> five to three. But the Commodores bounced back, eight to seven over Maryland and four nothing over the host Golden Gophers, which was a combined no hitter. That's right, it was a no hitter. Yeah, Oklahoma State swept Austin P and Tennessee took care of Gonzaga in three. Belmont wins the series against against Kansas. Sorry, seven five. And 7-4 on Sunday, losing 5 nothing in the middle of that. Lipscomb went to Auburn uh, and fell in three there. And in junior college play, Columbia State took mighty good care of Ron State. 8-3, 12-5, and then 14-2. Chattanooga State and Vol State split a pair over the weekend. Charge was getting off to a flying start yes, under, under coaches Ammons and Crutcher. Good for them. Because they were on our show. Yes, there, there we go. <laughs> taking taking in all the credit. College softball action over the weekend. Tennessee defeated Belmont, Appalachian State, and Jacksonville State. 19-0 um, over the Lady Bruins, 8-0 over the Lady Mountaineers, and a pair from the Lady Gamecocks, 9-0 and 2-0. Also defeated Belmont 7-1. Belmont scored. There you go. Which yeah. is more than anyone else can say about yeah, this the weekend. weekend. Yep. Um, Appalachian State defeated Belmont 4-3. Belmont defeated Jacksonville State 1-0. And Belmont defeated Appala- Appalachian State 5-0. Tennessee State lost to Texas 9-3, but defeated Princeton 8-5. Tennessee State also lost to McNeese State 8-0 and lost to Princeton 6-5. Uh, Middle Tennessee State over the weekend defeated Yale 17-3, lost to Coastal Carolina 11-8, defeated Georgetown 6-0 and Albany 6-3. Lipscomb with an 8-0 win over Providence, a 5-4 win over Youngstown State, a 4-0 win over St. Louis, and then lost to Providence 4-1. Austin P won three or four games over the weekend, defeating Evansville 2-1, Akron 7-1, and Evansville 9-1 but lost 8-1 to Western Kentucky. Yeah. And I know it's softball right now is a, a mess. It really is. Uh, it's a lot easier in baseball because you're usually playing series. Mm-hmm. Just, but the, everybody playing everybody, everybody is just crazy. In junior college play, Roan State took three of four from Columbia State. They won the first one 6-4 and, set, and then the second one 7-4. On uh, Saturday, Columbia State, took a 6-5 win, and Ron State took that personally by coming back with a 10-2 victory in the next one. <laughs> Chattanooga State and Vol State, just like baseball, split a pair. 5-2 for the Tigers and 10-7 for the Pioneers. NBA action, the Nuggets won 13-97 winners on Friday over the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies, despite scoring 51 points in a single quarter, fall to the lowly Clippers, 135 129. That was the Clippers' first win since the All Star break. They're awful. I, I, I well, and how can you be awful with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Russell Westbrook? Maybe Never that's mind. the reason. Never mind. <laughs> now you know why. <laughs> Never mind. My bad. <laughs> and in NHL play, just as we all predicted, the Nashville Predators continue their hot streak over the Chicago Blackhawks, three to one. As they show up with "Hi, my name is." Yeah. <laughs> they've, yeah, they've, got, they've got name tags on, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, tonight's high school boys basketball sectional schedule of area interest: Blackman hosts Cleveland. These are all seven o'clock tips. 
and they all seem to be in the central time zone, so there shouldn't be any variation from that. Again, Blackman hosts Cleveland. Murfreesboro Central goes to Henderson, Tennessee, taking on Chester County. Van Buren County comes to East Robertson. Fairview going down I-40 to Gibson County. Union City comes to Giles County. Hillsboro is at, Hend- at Hendersonville. Green Hill is at Independence, and Chris and I will be on hand for that one, so you can follow along on Twitter, hopefully. Well, maybe not because it's a Williamson County School. Uh, South Gibson is at Martin Luther King. Laverne, oh, Laverne goes to McMinn County. That is on Eastern I was just time. about to ask and you, but so let you go. Six that's o'clock. probably a six o'clock tip. Yeah. Um, Dixon County making the long trek to Memphis. Hopefully they get some barbecue at some point, but they're taking on Overton of Memphis. Um, Watertown comes to Pearl Cone and Memphis East comes to Rossview. Again, those are all seven o'clock starts. And um, I think Johnny Jackson's got an extra pair of nets, so they should be in good shape <laughs> for that one. Um, men's basketball action um, in the junior college semifinals. Columbia State takes on Dyersburg State. That's a four o'clock tip over at Roan State. So that's going to be Eastern as well. So it's uh, actually. No, that's. That's, it's four o'clock. It is four o'clock our time. Yes. Okay. All right. And on the ice, the Predators are out at Vancouver taking on the Canucks. That's a 930 puck drop on Valley Sports South. And that is your rundown. I have learned that the T double C double A, whatever you want to call it, the TCCAA website is on Eastern time. So I just make it central every time i do this oh really yeah it's it defaults to eastern time i don't know if that's because of where the i don't know where the, it originates ori- out of. yeah that's that's the thing i i couldn't tell you so i'm anonymous dingo today dingo that's interesting it kind of looks like an alpaca it does <laughs> that's but what i thought it was scroll I over it, it yeah no, so. i didn't even i didn't even scroll over because i was thinking it was a, just an alpaca no i'm dangerous baby uh, clearly <laughs> We've got anonymous elephant in the room over here. We should probably address that. I was I was gonna say I was wanted to play so many bells during y'all's rundown because you did so well, but I couldn't play bells and the rundown uh, song at the same time. That's yeah. So I was I was I was just just in case you were wondering why I wasn't belling. That's okay. There was a, there that that was an interesting rundown because I didn't ex- I knew that it was gonna be like kind of short because it didn't have a lot of stuff, but there was. Plenty to talk there about was in the rundown. A lot of editorializing that during the rundown, could have more, went more on. so than usual. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the <laughs> the nets, man, that was good. That was fantastic. Yeah, that was he, he, he got extra nets. I saw it. So <laughs> yeah. um, he should great question. He should be in good shape. Oh man! Hey, top story action today. We're gonna go to the Tennessee Titans, who were apparently over the weekend at the NFL Combine putting out some feelers on what a trade of Derrick Henry might return. Now, we've talked about it on this show before. I don't think Derrick Henry is as valuable to anybody else as he is to the Tennessee Titans. So the Tennessee Titans may be disappointed in those conversations. Rand Carthen was quoted over the weekend as saying that, you know, it's easy to play flashy offense in August and September when it gets 
gets time to December and January, you want to play Smash Mouth, but he's also shopping. Maybe that was his his selling point. Maybe that was his pitch. Don't don't, don't you want to play Smash Mouth too? We and got we got the king of Smash Mouth right here. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to tell you. you no. You're not going to find anyone better. No, no, but again, and but you want to play Smash Mouth. I mean, he's absolutely right. Here's my thing about trading Derrick Henry. This offense has enough weaknesses already without creating more. I mean, if you you don't have a you don't have a running back stashed back here. So now yeah. if you get rid of Derrick Henry, you got to find another you got to find a running back because you on top Deontay of everything else. Because hmm? you let Deontay Foreman go, who could have been a semi decent replacement. Well, well, Ryan Carthen didn't let Deontay Foreman no. go, but. But yes, the franchise did let Deontay Foreman go. This could have been us, but you playing. I mean, <laughs> so on top of every yeah, that's that's the exact argument against trading Derrick Henry. There, we have enough weaknesses. Let's not go creating more. Yeah, we now, have enough weaknesses that perhaps couldn't be helped. Why cause one? Well, but Dupree also has been. Released from one on, but you know what? And and, and that I saved was, seventeen million. And I was texting with a couple of friends of mine. We talk, we text a lot about Titan stuff, primarily. You forget Harold Landry Jr. missed all of last year. If Harold Landry is back, but and, Dupree ain't playing anyway. And if the the if Rashad Weaver continues is healthy and he's back, you don't miss Bud Dupree as much as you would or as much as you did this season without Harold Landry Jr. Sure. And with Bud's health issues, now again, when he's healthy, he's a hell raiser. He's just not been healthy consistently. He and anybody else on this team over the last three years. Right. But, I mean, it, it's easier – I think to let Bud Dupree go when oh, you yeah. when you feel like Harold Landry is going to be back, especially if it saves you seventeen million dollars. Oh, yeah. I mean yeah. that's that's which the is thing. seventeen million dollars that you could reallocate to the interior portion of the defensive line. Hint, hint. Well, and speaking of Jeffrey Simmons, has deleted his Twitter. Does not have Twitter anymore. He's taken all references to the Titans off of his Instagram. Uh, all photos off of his Instagram, but a lot of folks are saying like, that's just kind of the new norm. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of renegotiation one Oh one in the NFL these days, because I think I saw somewhere earlier today that, that they have begin begun negotiations. Yeah. Long-term talks. And, and I don't think, I, I don't think that Rand Carthen is going to let Jeffrey Simmons go if he can afford it. And I think you have to find a way to afford him. And cutting Bud Dupree certainly, certainly helps. helps. Yeah, and and that's, you know, a lot of folks saying that the shopping of Derrick Henry, the cutting of Bud Dupree, what if they don't get a deal done with Jeffrey Simmons? It's essentially a ground up rebuild. You got to get you got to let Tannehill go at that point too. There's no reason to keep him. And, you know, you just kind of suck for three or four years. 
And here's and, the thing. And, and like I said Friday, we, we were talking long, about the Predators. I don't. I don't think the Titans fan base is prepared to suck for three or four years. And I, I can tell you who's who else is not going to suck for three or four years. The Predators. Mike Vrabel. Oh. Oh no. Oh no. He'll leave. No, I don't think he's. I don't think he's built for a rebuild, like you said. Uh, I. I think this is a guy who wants to feel like he can win every time he steps on the field. No, I'm, I'm not mad at that. Nope. I, that's the again. That's the problem with having a great football coach is even when your players are Meh. fair to middling, mm-hmm. you still win nine or ten games a year. It's just like, well, crap. Yeah, so much for rebuilding. Especially, especially, he, he won't let us rebuild. And on top of that, you know, your division stinks. Yes. Which doesn't help. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, you know, if you were going to be last place in the division no matter what, sure. But you got a chance to win this thing every time you go every out. Every year. So it's really hard for me to, to get behind a ground-up rebuild. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break because Teresa Walker is standing by, and we want to get to her as quickly as we possibly can. So stick around. <laughs> Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Welcome back to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. That's Chris Yao. I'm Maurice Patton. Chris, you knew you were in trouble when your parents referred to you by your full name? hmm Somebody needs to talk to Demetrius Jamel Morant. Well, it can't be his mama. She's half the reason he's in trouble. Well, maybe dad. Somebody. Somebody needs to get in his ear because he's at a he's at a crossroads right now. And to talk to us a little bit more about it is Teresa Walker of the Associated Press, who returns from the slopes. Mm. T, did you have fun? Uh, I had fun until the Washington Post uh, front page <laughs> story hit on Wednesday. I. Well, last Sunday wasn't very fun either because, well, David Poyle, the news that I was expecting at the end of the season in April, it hit in uh, last Sunday. Uh, Thankfully, my hockey colleagues took care of me there. But, uh, you know, the whole thing with Ja, 
I, it's funny. I saw a lot of posts on social media saying that oh, the the local media is covering for John Morant. No, the local media is not covering. They covered this. They covered the uh, the, the 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 information about the uh, fight at the pickup game uh, back in I think it was in January. Both the Daily Memphian, the Commercial Appeal wrote about it. Uh, the Morant family called police, the Sheryl, Shelby County Sheriff's Department, to the location, and uh, you know it, it, no charges were filed from that pickup game. Where you know, and then the Washington Post story. And, and let's just say that TMZ also had a report of a sealed lawsuit. And in that lawsuit, apparently, Ja is accused of having come back out of the house with a gun in his in his belt pocket. Um, you know, and but Ja also told police that the teen said that, you know, he'd come back to light, light him up. And, you know, this here's the thing. Memphis is Memphis. Young Dolph, a very well-known rapper, was you know shot to death picking up cookies. Uh, you know, last year, uh, Lorenzen Wright, for a Memphis native, former Grizzly, was shot to death by his uh, ex-wife, you know, or had him, you know, she was convicted of having him killed. And he was found in, a, you know, in a field in the Germantown area. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it's it's Memphis. I mean, you know, it, it's a town that has issues with guns. I mean, Tyree Nichols has been in the news, you know, for so, so long. I mean, it's just there's there's and then to see the video i was literally packing to go i was at the airport and it's like i see jaw trending and i look and it's like oh god um here's the thing guys they are the number two seed in the west right now and in that game they were up big at denver looking to post back-to-back wins over the denver nuggets the number one team in the west and try to maybe close some gap on the number one team and they blew a big lead in the fourth quarter. They lost Brandon Clark to a torn eight Achilles earlier in that game. Dylan Brooks gets tossed with a technical, and they lose that game. And hours later, Morant posts an IG video and a let you know with an apparent gun in his hand up to his face, shirtless. And you you mentioned who could maybe get his attention. Well, I'll say this: maybe Nike, because on his neck was the job one diamond encrusted necklace that they hand delivered to him at the all-star weekend when he got his second straight start as an all-star at the NBA all-star weekend. So, um, you know, they, you know, he's got his new shoe line out last week. Power aid came out, you know, their first athletic thing in uh, five years uh, with an athlete and it's John Morant. And so that is, that is all in jeopardy. I mean, you know, even if he doesn't face charges in Colorado, because Colorado gun laws are very similar to Tennessee, uh, you know, it depends on whether this club, whether they, you know, but guess what? The NBA is investigating. And that's, you know, they, they have suspended players for bringing guns into team locker rooms. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy who got 50 games back in the day for Gilbert bringing Arena. a gun. Thank you. Into the Washington locker room. Um, and, you know, so how did soon after the that, they changed their name? Yes. <laughs> from, the, the from the bullets to yes. the wizards. Yes. And so the questions the NBA has got to be looking at, how did he get the gun? Did he transport it on the team plane? They were on a road trip. That was not the first game of the road trip. Okay. They started at Houston. They went to Denver and then he stepped aside for two games at, you know, in LA, but that's the thing. You know, uh, Taylor, Jen Taylor Jenkins was talking about how he needs to heal. Guys, uh, you know, 
before the All-Star game last year, I pulled it up. You know, he was, you know, he celebrated be, making the All-Star game, taking his family with him on the plane and guzzling Casamigos tequila from a bottle. So, you know, now he's got, you know, he, he's, he's trying to, he's apologized. Uh, Nike has made it very clear with a statement that they're glad he apologized. But, uh, you know, hopefully, and the Grizzlies have made it clear that they're there to support him. And yes, as my colleague Beth Harris wrote last night, there's no timetable for his return. And here's the thing, guys. Did everybody notice at the t- trade deadline, everybody from, you know, that was good came from the East to the West. Kevin Durant is now with the Phoenix Suns. I mean, Steph Curry came back yesterday from his injury. LeBron, you know, maybe he gets back and the Lakers make a run. But the West that Ja a few months ago was talking about, nobody in the West worried him. Well, guess what? Getting getting out of the West is going to be a much tougher challenge than it was in January, okay? And uh, during halftime of that Friday night game in Denver, uh, you know, one of the ESPN analysts, I forget who it was, was pointing out that if the Grizzlies stayed at two, they might have an easier path to the Western Finals. They haven't been there but once, and that was back in 2013, okay? Uh, because you've got maybe the Warriors and the Suns duke it out in the first round, and maybe the Warriors, the defending champs, four-time champs, would face the top-seeded Denver Nuggets in the, in the semifinals. And now you're putting that at risk because you don't have Brandon Clark for the rest of this year, and you're off in the club enjoying yourself while your teammates dealing with a season-ending injury. I mean, anybody who saw Brandon Clark go down and grabbing at his ankle, I mean, hello. I mean, I thought immediately that it was an Achilles. So that's, it's just, it's, it's not a good look. Now here's the challenge. He's 23. He just, he'll turn 24 in August. I mean, he's the face of a franchise. He, you know, all this stuff, all this money, he got a max contract last year. If he makes the all NBA team, I think that ends up bumping his max uh, by maybe 30 to 40 more million dollars. So it's a lot. And, you know, when, when I interviewed him at Cookville in his sophomore season, uh, after a win at Tennessee Tech, and you can see the, the raw, you know, he was playing at a level that his teammates couldn't keep up with. So you could see that this is a guy who is going to be an NBA star. And his parents were there. They traveled to every game with him. You thought that the support system was perfect. And now you've got dad apologizing on Facebook. Uh, Mom is the reason that he went to the Wolf Chase Galleria because she had an issue with a finish line employee reportedly. So it's like, you know, it, it, it. here's the thing. None of us know how we would do if we suddenly came into not just money, but millions of dollars, and it's not easy. There's no playbook for the nouveau riche, and you know, not everybody can handle it as well as LeBron James, Kevin Garnett. I mean, there's too many stories where people flame out, and uh, maybe the hope is that you know, Zach Randolph, when he was traded by the Clippers to Memphis, that seemed like Oh, that's the end of the road. He's going to Memphis. You know, just ship him out of here. He's on his way out of the NBA. He turned his career around in Memphis and was a part of the core that helped that franchise set a record with seven straight playoff appearances. Zach is in a lot of games. So maybe he's a guy that can be uh, – and anyone who would have known Zach Randolph in his early playing career would have thought – Zach is an advisor, uh, a, a, a wise voice of counsel, but you know maybe that's somebody that uh, that he can reach out to or can reach out to to Ja 
and be of assistance here at this moment because the choices we make at every level matter. And right now, Ja and the Grizzlies' future, guys, this is their window's open. They're one of the youngest teams in the NBA still. They, you know, last season when they meet, made the semifinals, they did not have a single basket scored by a player who was 30 or older. So this is a young team. They have been last night, perfect example. They scored 51 in the third quarter to turn around a big, a uh, big deficit to a big lead. And yet they are struggling to close things out in the fourth quarter. So this is a team aside from Ja, that needs to grow up and grow up in a hurry if they're going to be competitive this year. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and & Joint. And, you know, Teresa, you mentioned that's a young locker room. And I wonder how much of that is the issue. You know, we talked last summer about whether they needed to acquire you know, some experience to go into that young locker room and maybe, you know, just impart some wisdom on that team. And maybe it's not just on the floor that that wisdom is needed. Well, they had Danny Green and they traded him away at the deadline. Uh, you know, guy who, you know, was around that team, around the locker room, doing some ESPN stuff. So they had a veteran in that. But here's the thing, guys. It's it's a young franchise overall. Their GM is 34. Taylor Haw- uh, Taylor Jenkins, excuse me, Foo Fighter fan. I nearly said Taylor Hawkins, the late uh, Foo Fighter mm. drummer. But uh, Taylor Jenkins, this is his first time as an, N- an NBA head coach. Now, he started with the uh, Spurs under Popovich. But let's face it, Popovich speaks with decades of experience and wisdom and titles. Taylor Jenkins is a first-time NBA head coach who also worked under Mike Budenholzer with the Milwaukee Bucks and Atlanta uh, Atlanta Hawks, excuse me. So that's the challenge is who who in that organization can step up? You know, Robert Parra is the owner. He's a billionaire. He's also young. Uh, You know, he had his first billion before he was 30. So, you know, the challenge is who can speak up at this point? And that's going to be the challenge moving forward. So what I'm hearing, I'm working on a story that's going to move tomorrow, but what I'm hearing is that, you know, that hopefully it seems like Ja has gotten this. You know, he had the public apology through his agency on Saturday. I'm hearing that he's reaching out to folks, apologizing to folks individually, which is a a, a huge start. But, and, but they don't know when he'll be back. They don't know, you know, this healing. How long does it take? I mean, anybody who's dealing with anything understands that it's not easy. To, you can't flip a switch and suddenly make things better, right? Uh, and, and when you're on the road in the NBA, there are challenges. It's, it's not an easy life being a pro athlete as much as you might think so. Um, because I once had this conversation in, in the Titans locker room with a Titans fullback, former fullback, Lorenzo Neal, that when you make your first million, people you never knew come out of the woodwork with their hands out and they want some of that money. So you're dealing with those folks. You're trying to draw your circle. You're trying to keep it tight. Uh, There was the incident with the Indiana Pacers where and Josh said that one of his people got uh, banned from the arena. Uh, you know, there was allegations that uh, somebody pointed a laser at the Indiana Pacers party uh, after there were some words during the game with uh, Devontae Pack. So it's like there's been a lot of stuff. going. I mean, shoot, the incident in L.A. with the Lakers, uh, you know, and, and, you know, the big incident. And with, uh, Shan- exactly. So it's like there's been a lot of stuff going on 
And, you know, here's the thing. The, the Memphis Grizzlies haven't won anything yet. They had, you know, they matched the franchise record in wins a year ago and got bounced in the semifinals. Uh, now, granted, John Morant missed the last three games with that with a bone bruise in his knee, but they don't have anything. Uh, you know, that this team has accomplished yet. So, and we, there's two, you know, history and the, and, and, and pro record books are filled with teams that showed promise, never got to that mountaintop. It's not that easy. Especially in the West. Yeah. Right These now, days. Yeah, Miranda's not, he's not good in the West at this moment. So, yeah. When you look at this team overall, over the last two years, they've played a lot without John Morant. I mean, he was out for an extended period of time last year with you know, with injuries and that sort of thing. It, is that something that is probably in, ends up being a good thing for this team? They know how to play and win without Ja. It could be Chris because they went twenty and five last year without him. But here's the problem: um, they Steven need Adams. <laughs> Steven Adams. You know, they, they were hoping he would get back on this trip. Maybe he's back in the lineup tomorrow night in L.A. Uh, but you've lost Brandon Clark. Uh, Dylan Brooks, he was suspended last night because he's got he got a 16th technical foul so he of the season. So he's gotta he's gotta stay better. You know, he's their best defender, but he's got to understand that they are watching him now, right? And you know, he misses it, he gets another tack, he's gonna be gone again. Brandon Clark is probably, you know, their best sixth man, right? You know, he was averaging 10 points off the bench. And, I mean, he was a guy that had been filling in for Steven Adams. So, you know, so they're down a guy. Now, Tyus Jones showed last night that he can help fill in for John Morant. You know, that, that's why they paid him and kept him around uh, because they gave him starter money to stay in Memphis, right? So they've got that ability. But it is, as I check my watch, it's March 6th, okay? We have just over six weeks left in the season, maybe five and the NBA playoffs start and the Sacramento Kings are breathing down their neck. Everybody in the West is breathing down their neck and that's going to be the challenge. Can they stay close? Can they hold on to the two spot? And more importantly, can Ja, you know, focus on basketball on the court and keep himself, you know, under control. He, he deactivated his social media. That's a good point. That's a very good thing, guys, because, you know, otherwise you could have seen him guzzling Casamigos on a plane going to the All-Star game a year ago. So, I mean, you know, that's the thing. Growing up in the public light is not easy, and he is the face of a very young franchise in Memphis, and, you know, it, it's not easy. I mean, that city of Memphis during the whole Tyree Nichols thing, that, you know, the Grizzlies were kind of a break from what that town was going through and, and the pain and everything. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's just not that easy. And, you know, here's the thing. Jaron Jackson Jr. is younger than John Morant, drafted a year ahead of him, but his dad played in the NBA. His mother works in the WNBA. So, you know, Ja was trained by his dad, his dad who once played with Ray Allen, but, you know, Team Rant didn't make it to the NBA. And they're from Dalzell, South Carolina. And, you know, this it, it's new for everybody. So, uh, you know, it, it you know, hopefully the entire Morant family can help grow from all of this and understand that, you know, it's Ja's name out there. Nobody else's. And it's up to him 
to work through this and find a way to be, you know, is, is he going to go down the path of LeBron James or is he going to go down the path of maybe Derrick Rose? Or, I mean, I could name a hundred NBA players who, you know, all the talent in the world. I mean, there's some, there's some great basketball players that never ever made it to the NBA. You know, talent's only a piece of the puzzle. I was looking to see the rest of the split as far as home and away because the Grizzlies are like 20 and five at home and they have a losing record on the road and it's 10 and 10. So <laughs> going to have to find a way to win on the road if they're going to keep that two spot. That's just the facts and they've got to find a way to win at the, well, at the same place they just lost, <laughs> except with a different court. <laughs> and that's the LA Lakers tomorrow at nine o'clock when they'll have to do it uh, most likely without John Morant, uh, Taylor Jenkins said that it was at least two games, but there's no timetable. So we don't know when we'll see Ja again. Uh, hopefully, Steven Adams is back in that lineup. Otherwise, could be a long rest of the trip for the Grizzlies. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press joining us here, and we appreciate you as always. Um, looking forward to your piece tomorrow. Sounds good. Dylan Brooks will be back tomorrow night. And, yeah, I, I don't, don't expect John Morant before Thursday night against the Golden State Warriors at the earliest and guys i at the earliest and i won't be surprised if it's a little bit longer is, before we see him again is he with the team or is he back home that they said he was the, the statement on saturday said he was away from the team so i take it that if i'm them i put him on a plane and send him home on saturday because nothing good could happen anywhere else and you know with the break in la uh, that that would not have been good. So yeah, I'm tonight. presuming back home and hopefully talking to somebody and hopefully, you know, Zach Randolph, uh, guys, I like Zebo Cup when I covered him. I'm hoping that that's one of the guys he's talking to. There you go. Teresa, we, we appreciate it as always. Looking forward to talking to you again soon. Sounds good. Bye, guys. All right. We'll take a break. When we come back, plenty to talk about. We've got Hoops reactions, men's and women's, from over the weekend. Uh, a lot of teams saw their seasons end, one of them in heartbreaking fashion. We'll talk about all the hoops right after this on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Time to talk a little bit about the weekend that was in college hoops, Mo. And just as we expected, talked to Tobias Wilburn on Friday mm. with Auburn and Tennessee. It was a much better basketball game than the one they played at Thompson Bowling. Tennessee on the wrong end of this one, 79-70, the final probably solidifying Auburn into the tournament, if I had to guess. Tennessee kind of in, speaking of crossroads, a little different, but they're kind of at a crossroads as a team right now. They've got to find a way to make it work without Zakai Ziegler. Yeah, and what, Saturday was the first full game that they've played without him, right? It was the previous game where he – sustained the knee injury Correct. that ended his season. So, I mean, this is a tough time to be reinventing yourself. And and they don't really have a second point guard. I mean, they have freshmen, you know, a freshman trying to come in and, and play that role, a guy who hasn't played much at all this year. He didn't play much at Auburn. They just kind of who, played without a point guard. Yeah. I'm, on, I'm, you've Saturday. got – Vescovy can handle the ball. Sure. JoJo James can handle the ball. Sure. I don't know that you necessarily but, want Julian Phillips out there, but I but mean, none I of those three are point guards. They're not, uh, you know, finding uh-huh. and and making it happen. You just you're kind of just playing basketball at this point, mm-hmm. which may not be a bad thing. The offense looked good. They did not play great defense, and and you know that's going to be an issue for Rick. But um, it's just again. They've they've played without people all year long. Now they've got to play without Zakai. And I don't know how I don't know how you get to be, you know, a top ten team or a friend's top ten team with only one point guard. But that's kind of where they're at. It is exactly where they are. And I'm you know, you're kind of again, you and we talked about it. We, we knew they were on that on the, the fringe. Missouri gets a win, and now you're sitting outside that double bye. You're going to have to win, what, four three. games instead of three? Yeah. Mm, double bye yes, is one, yes, two, three yes, games. Yes, so you're going to win four instead of three. Yeah. And that's not easy to do considering that, one, you got to play a team that wears black and gold, and you got to play them in Nashville. So you're already behind the eight ball and if you, if you win game one. And that's uh, – do you have the bracket – bring that bracket back up. You had it up, and I didn't, I didn't yeah. pull it up yeah, to They see will it. play the winner of South Carolina Ole Miss on Thursday. Which you feel pretty good about. Um, but then, like you said, will they win, then, then they would have to play Missouri. And then probably Alabama. Who they've beaten. Yeah, <laughs> at home, though, with Zakai Ziegler. And so both of those, obviously, neither of those two things but, are good. But without JoJo James and without Julian Phillips. That's true. Here's the thing. Alabama right now is playing the worst basketball of their season. 
They lost on the road to Texas A&M over the weekend. They're not the same team they were now, again, pre-Tennessee loss. Now, Texas A&M isn't bad either. No, no. They're the number two seed. I'm just saying they're not – this Alabama team is not the same one that came into Thompson Bowling Arena. That and, UT beat. And, and let's be honest, it's – they're dealing with some stuff. Much like Memphis Grizzlies dealing with the John Moran stuff. Mm-hmm. If you don't think that Brandon Miller and the situation surrounding that program is a distraction for at least some of those kids, on top of having to go to class, how many, how many, how many people, are, how many kids in those classes are, you know, talking trash? Or at or least kind of looking at them looking different. A certain way. Yeah. Or, you know, and even if they're not, You've probably you probably feel, feel like, like somebody is. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a lot for an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid to have to deal with on top of everything else. This, this Alabama program is has either got to figure it out in the SEC tournament or it's going to be a, a short, short postseason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to this week because I, I think, you know, I want to see – what this postseason looks like. Alabama has the toughest road. They got to play probably Mississippi State. That's not an easy team to beat. Then you got to play either Tennessee or Missouri. And then you get Texas AM again, possibly, or maybe even Auburn. On the, I mean, the bottom half of that bracket is it's probably going to be Kentucky. There's another black and gold team that you ain't mentioned yet. And and that's I, 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 I want to get to that as a whole, okay? Because right now Kentucky is probably the best team on that south on that bottom side of the bracket. But Vanderbilt just went into Rupp Arena and beat them. They come back home and beat Mississippi State. Now I don't know if you saw this or not. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to. I've got it in my Twitter likes here, so I will see if I can find it. Mm-hmm. But Win at Kentucky, win at home against Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt's net ranking dropped mm-hmm. from eighty-three to eighty-five. Hofstra, meanwhile, what they, hold up. Now they've won what seven of their last eight now, right? Yep. Okay. Hofstra, meanwhile, beats William and Mary, and they go from eighty-nine to eighty-two. Jump Vanderbilt. So I'm pretty well done with the net. The net is trash. It's trash. Literally, if you take out the Alabama game, if you if you make that a 12-point loss instead of a 51-point loss, they're probably a top 40 team. And again, Vanderbilt was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Absolutely. And that's terrible. Should not have used that phrase. Well, um, <laughs> but – but that's what it's it was. A, it's actually applicable here, though. Yes. and uh, But this Vanderbilt team is now, Joe Lenardi's got them in the next four out. They win a couple games in this tournament. They're in. I think if they win, if they make it to Saturday or Sunday, I think they're in the tournament. I don't know how they can't be. 11, be- 11 regular season conference wins. If they win two games in the tournament, they're at 20 wins. I don't know how they're not in at that point. And congratulations to Jerry Stackhouse. Because I didn't think the, he was going to make it. And Well, the Southeastern Conference co 
basketball coach of the year. It was announced today along with Buzz Williams out of Texas a As absolutely deserved as there ever was. Now here's the one pro- here's the big problem for Vanderbilt. Liam Robbins is done. Mm-hmm. That hurts you. Oh, without question. And I don't know if the committee takes that into consideration, depending on how well they do in the tournament. They win a couple of games. Maybe they say it doesn't matter. Well, the thing matter. is, it's not the first time they've played without him. That's right. Either. And and they've been able to play around that absence. So it'll be interesting to see. They'll play the winner of Georgia LSU. And I'm imagining they would love to see LSU on a neutral court. Oh, you know they would. I mean, getting – Getting revenge, uh, getting revenge in the one game you have lost over the last eight would be huge. Mm-hmm. On top of now, <laughs> the reverse of that is Kentucky would like to see Vanderbilt on a neutral court, and if they Why? win that, they first lost. Game, they just lost at home to them. Well, what's they, a neutral court going to do for uh, them? <laughs> that a home court doesn't. Well, theoretically, yeah. Kentucky would like another shot at Vanderbilt. Yes, they would. Yeah. And, and so, you know what? I'm not sure Vanderbilt's not ready for that shot. The way they're playing right now, they might be saying, bring it. I yeah. think they've got as much confidence as as Vanderbilt has had in a very long time. Mm-hmm. You win seven of eight, you're going to have a little confidence. They should. Yeah. There's no reason for them not to have some confidence And, and right the way now. they're playing, man, and they're getting offense from a number of different spots. I'm – I have been incredibly impressed with the way that this season has gone for Vanderbilt. They they did Jerry Stackhouse did not do his team any favors early in the season by messing with the lineup, but he kinda had to. You feel like it it may not be worth it in the end, but it was it was necessary for him to figure out. Maybe he, yeah, he needed to figure out who could play who's, and and who plays best with who. It was a whole new team. They were replacing Scottie Pippen Jr., who was their guy. They had to. They didn't have a guy for one. They had right. to find one. Liam Robbins was out for a lot of the of those first couple of months. On top of being out again in February, mm-hmm. you know, he had to shuffle that lineup figure it out once he did and got into conference play and stuck with it. It, I mean, it was, they figured some things out clearly. (laughs) They clearly did. And to me, you got to reward that. If, if, if you're on the committee, you got to say, look, guy was coming in with a bunch of guys he didn't know and had to figure it out and did and did. That's the thing. It's not like they, you know, they came in as a top 10 team in the preseason and had to figure it out and maybe did, maybe didn't. No, no. As they like to say, they start, they came up from the mud. I mean, you know. So, I, to me, Vanderbilt is, is at least a bubble team. They are very bubbly, as Jerry Palm said last week, I think. No, Jerry Palm said they weren't that Vanderbilt wasn't particularly. No, he bubbly, but but, but that, the, that's the, the phrase term. that he used. Yes, right. no, he did not use it in rel- in in relation to Vanderbilt. I think they're bubbly. They have to be now. Yeah, and I again, I think the win at Kentucky was huge. Mississippi State is a yeah. Team back in that back in that win up with another win. I mean, they didn't pull a Tennessee and win a big ball game and then lose one. Right. 
So you, you've got to think about that too. So, you know, congrats to Vanderbilt on a big weekend. It's huge for them. They need to follow it up with a couple of wins here in Nashville at the tournament. I think they can. Mm-hmm. And I'll be very interested to see how well they do. Now, speaking of teams that won a couple games in the tournament, we talked about it in the rundown. Tennessee's Lady Vols get a big win over Kentucky. I had to, had to hold off the, the Lady Wildcats. Kentucky's women are different this time of year. <laughs> They're very ferocious. Yeah, there was some issues mm-hmm. in that game. Yeah, they, 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 with the hair pulling and whatnot. Coming off of the Florida game the day before, I mean, yeah. they, they got a little bit of an edge there. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and well, I mean, if they're not gonna, if the officials aren't gonna make you not do it. Do it till you can get away with it. It's I only guess. illegal if you get caught. That's right. So, and honestly, it you know, after getting drubbed by Tennessee at home, they probably had a little, little fight. Mm-hmm. You know, we we want to beat this team. So Tennessee being able to hold off Kentucky was huge. And then of course, the win to get to the championship over LSU. Their after first. being down seventeen. Yeah, they were down seventeen points in the game. Come back. Get the win over a top, what five team? Mm-hmm. I think they're it was their three, first. That or, was their first top twenty-five win. Period. First but win yeah, LSU I think year. was number five. And so you know, you, you go into the SEC championship for the first time since what fourteen? I think. I think so. And and I'll be interested. I mean, again, Charlie Cream said that they needed to beat LSU to get to the championship game to give themselves a shot at hosting, and. I've not seen his latest brackets. I don't know if he's updated his brackets, but um, I'd be interested to see whether that whether or not they have played their way into a host a side. Four seed, yeah. at least. You know, I, and it is. It is out, right? Oh, no. Wrong. Sorry. <laughs> it says two days ago. False alarm. That can't be right. Why would it be on the front page if it's? I don't know. But he hasn't tweeted since he hasn't put anything yesterday. out since yeah eight 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 thirty last night. So, so have you seen have you seen this this eight thirty? Uh, he's got Tennessee at a five in Villanova. So <laughs> that's where he sits right now. Um, and I guess there's still some stuff that has to play out. Sure. Between now and the announcement. Because not everybody's done. Correct. So. Real quick before we take this last break while we're talking college basketball, I want to say how unfortunate it is Tennessee Tech's season ended the way it did. You thought you got a three-pointer at the end of the game to win, to win it, it, and it turns out it was, in fact, a two-pointer. Pretty, to pretty, tie pretty it. obvious yeah. that it was a two-pointer. There's there's no real argument there. Uh, it was a two-point shot. Uh, ties the game and then losing 89-82 because after you celebrate winning, it's real hard to get back up. Oh, and the other team oh, is like, we oh, play. we got second, we got second life mm-hmm. on on top of everything else. And it's it's just really tough. And so um who did they Simo. Simo mm-hmm. with the with the OVC championship win, number five seed in the OVC. 
Number seven seed Campbell nearly pulled off the upset too in their conference tournament in the Big South, in, in the Big South but uh, did not. So a seven seed would have been rough. That Five was, is um, bad enough. Asheville won that, right? UNC Asheville that, with, with a with, couple of guys from uh, East Tennessee. Oh, one former Vol, Drew Pember, and Drew Pember. Yep, that's yeah. right. So anyway, we take a break. When we come back, the head of schools at Lipscomb Academy, Brad Schultz, will join us here and talk a little bit about their recent sanctions from the TSSAA and what happened and why. So stick around. Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint. Back after this. I'm Stephanie Miller from Mornings on Main Street. Join us March 23rd at Bridgestone Arena with the Nashville Predators for Main Street Media Night. I know Devin O'Day will be here. You know I will be, Stephanie. Plus, you can register for a Predators prize pack. They were going to call it the Hockey Hoot Nanny, but they changed. So they're just going to have four tickets and food vouchers. you got to register to win. We're looking forward to seeing all of our Main Street Sports Today fans, right, Chris? Absolutely, we are, and we could not do this without, of course, our owner, Dave Gould, and our friends here at Smashville. Speaking of, where is Dave? We will see you March 23rd for Main Street Media Night. Let's go, friends! Do I have the wrong night? Walmart Supply Chain is hiring in Lebanon. Earn up to $22.25 an hour when you join our new fulfillment center. Enjoy competitive pay and premium perks, including 100% paid college tuition, 401k match, flexible schedules, a free Walmart Plus membership that includes discounts, and free Paramount Plus, paid time off, and so much more. Fulfilling work starts right here text JOIN to 240-240. That's JOIN 240-240 to apply now.
Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yamo Patton here with you on this Reaction Monday as we are reacting to the world of sports from the weekend, but we'll also look ahead as well because high school hoops tonight, sectionals. We'll send eight teams to the glass house in each classification, and unfortunately, eight more will see their seasons end and they'll hang up the tennis shoes for one last time hmm. yeah um it's a tough night it's not quite as tough as region semifinals i don't think but it's tough nonetheless it's um pretty emotional so. yeah and as we do just about every day we take you from preps to pros and everything in between so right now we are going to take you back to the prep ranks where we are joined by the head of schools from lipscomb academy brad schultz who I believe is not. Uh, are you out of town, Brad? Are you, are you joining us just on vacation or something? What's I'm up? in Colorado Springs, so I'm here for a conference. Um, so we've had a guest from Seattle, so he's not the farthest off. Actually, we've had a couple, I guess. Yeah, but um, but yeah, um, how, how's the weather out there? It, it's a, it's cold when it's dark and it's pretty nice and sunny when the lights out. So it, it'll, it, it has a big variance for sure. There you go. Tough to pack. It is. It is. <laughs> Got to pack everything. Yeah. That's yeah. never any fun. Well, Brad, thank you for taking time with us today because we wanted to talk a little bit about obviously the recent sanctions on your school's athletic programs via the TWSAA for a promo video that you guys had uh, regarding one of the programs that you offer at your school. And it, it appears that the issue regarding the TWSAA is you guys featured a girls basketball player when promoting this particular program. And it has now effectively ended postseason hopes for your entire program over the next couple of years. Um, tell us a little bit about you know, what you guys were told and how this came about? Um, well, first thing, it, it does not end any postseason hopes. Um, okay. it, it, we're on probation. So, you know, obviously we don't need any uh, additional violations to come our way, but certainly not as extreme as that. That would be a much okay. concern for sure. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's something, you know, honestly, the program itself is, is something we're extremely excited about, uh, the Endeavor program, which allows, you know, what we say is allows our students to do more. They endeavor to do more. And we try to create opportunities through scheduling um, for those students, some online learning opportunities to allow them to chase their affinities. And so we have students who are part of so many different, um, I guess those affinities go to so many different areas. We had one student who was basketball. And so we had we have these videos ready to roll out and that just happened to be the first one we rolled out. I mean, we have students who are in marketing internships. We have some that are um, in the equestrian field of horse training. Uh, they also do uh, horse therapy. We have some who uh, are interested in marketing internships. We have some who have jobs. And so we just try to create flexibility to let them chase after those. And in this case, we started with a ba one of our basketball players. And so the violation wasn't with the Endeavor program. It was more that it solely focused on a basketball player. So the question that you had in the aftermath of the TSSAA's decision, Chris, was, and it sounds like, Brett may have just answered it by it focusing exclusively on a student athlete 
that was where the rub was with the TSSAA. If there had been other other students and other affinities featured in the video, might it have not been an issue, Brad? Is that what we're understanding? That's correct. That's correct. And so, you know, what we shared with them and the TSSAA actually, and, you know, they shared, they agreed this was one piece of an overall all marketing plan. So they saw all the pieces and they said, yeah, we, we agree. You guys have a marketing plan around Endeavor that hits all these different areas. But because this one focused solely on basketball, uh, it was a violation. You know, obviously what we shared was social media. Um, you know, you how, what's your attention span? You guys probably have some stats on that for someone on social media. I'm guessing it's 20, 30 seconds. And so what we want to do is roll these out in um, uh, digestible chunks and so that people could watch that, soak that up, and then we could roll out another one and then another one. And so, you know, the concern would be if we put them all together, it would be a three-minute video, which maybe no one would have looked at, but they will watch these 30, 15, 20, 30 second videos. And so, but it's about, it, you know, that that did match their violation. The, the rule that, or the bylaw that we violated is this, any social media post that encourages prospective students to consider attending school. So, um, which I, that one's, you know, some of the chew on there with that, with that bylaw, but um, based on this, that was the violation they said. So, so basically they, the TSSAA deemed it a recruiting tool and by you guys posting it saying we have this program. They, they're saying you were basically trying to attract student athletes to your school via this program. And I don't, it sounds like it, that's not necessarily what your goal was. Yeah. Not with the Endeavor program. It's it's honestly to help any of our students. And, you know, obviously the majority of them are current students, right, that are taking advantage of that, mm -hmm. that are students already at our school. And so it's clearly a very attractive program our students have leaned into. Uh, this, this next year will be our third year. So the first year we rolled out and we had 19 students participate in it. Uh, this current year we had 41. And uh, this upcoming year, just with current students, we already have 52 applying, and that's not even you know new students that might not might apply. So really, you know, our our goal is just to you know promote this program uh, with our current students. Uh, but and it's not just for athletes. And like I said, the majority of the students you know are not necessarily athletes. They're they're taking advantage of it for many different reasons. Brad, or we're speaking with Brad Schultz, head of schools at Lipscomb Academy here on. Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Brad, are you seeing prospective students that are coming to you wanting to get into the Endeavor program, or is it primarily students that are already on campus, already enrolled in school? So the majority of the students in the program would be current students, but we certainly have students coming to us. Um, and typically what happens is they'll come and say, you know, I can't accomplish this goal um, it, with a traditional school model. And so many are forced to go completely online, right? They're saying, hey, if I am a junior Preds player, um, I'm being forced or not forced, but, you know, one solution would be to go completely online. Well, with the Endeavor program, you could create a schedule that would allow them to do that. And so, you know, but that that's an example of an athlete. But we also have students who, like I said, some have uh, internships. And, you know, a lot of times businesses that have internships are operating similar to school hours. And so a student who wanted to partake in that couldn't do it after school. And so they're saying, hey, this is a path I know I want a career in one day. 
I have this great internship opportunity, uh, but school is uh, currently the traditional school model is a barrier for that. So how can Endeavor uh, help me achieve this and still have a wonderful school and school learning environment as well? I think that makes a lot of sense because I mean, just the, the world that we live in as you know, someone who dealt with having to, to balance that, that, that school athlete life, it's really difficult. So obviously this is an attractive program for prospective student athletes. And, you know, do you, do you feel like this, that that, that might be the big issue here is that, you know, maybe this is something that other schools can't provide. So it's an unfair advantage. Is that something that, that may be an, at issue? Um, well, I don't think that's what led to the probation. At least that, that's okay. not what was shared that, that led to the probation. Um, and I would say um, a school that decided they want to do this, I think a school could make this happen. Um, I don't think, you know, a lot of times people say, hey, when you're being innovative, create something that is very difficult to replicate. Well, we're also part of a university which has a lot of advantages for us. Mm-hmm. That would be extremely difficult for another school to duplicate, right? Um, but, you know, this program just takes time and dedication and interest. And it takes a different mindset as a school to say, hey, this is what was, this is what is. And I think the pandemic changed that. Like parents, they started finding more flexibility in their days. So as parents found more flexibility in their days, they were more, they were interested in finding more flexibility in their children's day. You know, if a parent is locked in all day long, they don't, they don't have the ability to let their student take advantage of that. They may not be able to drive yet. Um, obviously students drive, it opens up even more possibilities, but, um, Anyways, I think, yeah, I think this is an extreme interest. I think it is not something that couldn't be replica- replicated. Um, so I don't, I don't think that's exactly what led to the probation. Well, I know it's not. Fantastic. Well, it does sound like a fantastic program, and I certainly would have taken advantage if I had had the opportunity when I was in school. There's no question there. And, and I think what you guys are, are doing is, is very uh, beneficial to both student athletes, but any student with an extracurricular activity that needs some extra time. I mean, there's only 24 hours in a day and I need to sleep at some point. So well, I, I just think that the innovative, yeah, you know, the, the willingness to think outside the box to create some other opportunities like this. I think that that's, you know, certainly something to be commended Thank you. It's just unfortunate so, that it led to to something like this. But if it, if there are no postseason implications, which I think is a massive bit of information there, that that certainly could change some things as far as you know. It cushions the situation. It does cushion huh? the blow a little bit, I would think. Oh yeah, and and you know we we we've asked for under greater understanding. We've asked for more training, and so our goal, of course, is you know with marketing and any any aspect of the school and our coaches as well, just to uh, be sure we don't have any more inadvertent um, violations. So we're being very diligent about that, and we don't foresee uh, anything in the future either with that. You almost got to have a compliance director, huh, Brett? I will tell you, you certainly have a mini checklist we go through before anything rolls out, which is good, you know, but you also uh, limit your creativity sometimes, too. But it, it's still good. We, we try to double check, triple check things before we send anything out. I will say this. I would probably have somebody go ahead and grab Academy Lipscomb on Twitter in case somebody else tries to grab it. I, I, I know that you can't use it, but I, I think somebody on staff might want to grab it before someone else does. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> somebody's gonna somebody's gonna hold that hostage from you 
That's tough. That's oh. tough. Um, Brad Schultz, uh, Lipscomb Director of School, joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Joining us from Colorado Springs. What, right. what is what is it you're at specifically out there? Yes, yeah, so I'm at a conference. It's called the National Christian School Association. And so it's a, it's a conference that's put on by that organization. Um, and we have several days of spending time together with other heads and other Christian school leaders, we uh, speakers that we're hearing. And so it's good for many different ways, just uh, companionship, fellowship, and uh, also some professional leadership learning as well. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate it. We're going to let you get back to that. And thanks again for taking time with us and, and explaining a little bit more. I certainly think that uh, you've shed a little extra light on the situation and obviously a fantastic program you guys have at Lipscomb. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate your time as well. No Thank problem. You. All right, we'll take our final break of the day coming up. Nashville Soccer Club has a couple of new owners. We'll talk about that. Isn't that wild? The it, Major League Baseball over the weekend, some folks pulled some stunts just to see how Major League Baseball would react. So we'll see and talk about that as well. Also, friend of the show, Bruno Reagan. <laughs> there was a brawl in the XFL. Was Bruno involved? We'll let you Stay know tuned. right after this on Main Street Sports Today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Final segment of the day as we continue to react to the world of sports from over the weekend. Plenty to talk about. And we'll start right here in Nashville as the National Soccer Club announced they have two brand new, at least, well, actually more than two. More than two, but, but two, two of particular note. <laughs> One of particular note, I would say, because Philip Forsberg makes sense. Makes Somewhat. some sense. Yeah. <laughs> Nashville Preds forward Philip Forsberg has joined the ownership group of the Nashville Soccer Club, as has Milwaukee Bucks forward Giannis Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. Sure. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Along with his brothers, Thanasis, Costas, and Alex all of whom play professional basketball worldwide, by the way. 
So why? <laughs> three of the four three of the four have NBA championships, by the way. Apparently Thanasis was part of the team with Giannis when they won it in twenty one and Costas won with the Lakers in twenty. How about that? How about you, you, that? the things you learn? <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't why is a great question. Now um and Giannis said, my father was a professional soccer player and it was the first sport I fell in love with in Greece. I've always had the dream of owning a soccer team. When my brothers and I explored Nashville Soccer Club, we knew it was the team and a city that we wanted to get involved with. Couldn't be more excited to join the boys in gold and I can't wait to come watch it to a match at uh, Geodis Park soon. There you go. It's just kind of crazy. I mean, again, he plays his professional ball in Milwaukee. Seems like there are a lot of soccer clubs between here and there. Well, there's not one there, at least not. No, I don't in, think there's one in Milwaukee, but it would seem like, you know, well, just just the connection to Nashville kind of why don't, eludes me. Well, the connection to Nashville, though. Milwaukee Brewers, Nashville Sounds, Milwaukee Admirals, Nashville Predators. Nashville Predators. Milwaukee Bucks, Nashville Soccer Club. Here yeah, we are. Suddenly it makes all sorts certainly of sense. Certainly it all makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, yeah no. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you would think maybe Colorado or, you know, but then again, you don't know how these ownership groups are constructed either. Nashville's ownership group is fairly large, kind of like the Predators. So they've got this large ownership group, which lends itself to additional minority owners, and it, it works out. So – yeah, Forsberg and Antetokounmpo, I like saying that. Join glad a you do, because I can't do it. <laughs> Join a robust, a robust and diverse, there we go, ownership <laughs> group whose most recent additions include Reese Witherspoon, renowned actress and Nashville native, her husband Jim Toth, and current Tennessee Titans running back Derrick Henry. Yeah, for now, apparently. Um, it, yeah, good. Now they they, I didn't put this in the in the rundown, mm -hmm. but uh, they drew with New York over the weekend. The Red Bulls. Yes, and they have a match scoreless on, draw. Wasn't scoreless it? draw. Uh, they have a match at Geotis. It's on Apple TV this weekend. Uh, on Saturday with Montreal. So guess if if you want to get out to Geotis and weather the parking situation, you have an opportunity to do that. So after that they are at New England the following Saturday before returning to Geotis on March twenty fifth to take on Cincinnati. And so hopefully somebody will bring some skyline. Not a Skyline Chili fan? No. Nah, it doesn't bother me. I don't I don't hate it, but it, I'm not going to like drive to Louisville to go get it. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. It's not terrible though. I'm, I'm it's okay. It's not with terrible, it. but it's just yeah, it's it's not like I would drive to Louisiana for certain things. To New Orleans for like mm -hmm. a particular beignet or something, but I'm not driving to Louisville for chili. That's loaded with cheese. Yeah. I can do that at home. So, anyway, <laughs> um, congrats to Phil and Giannis. 
We go to Major League Baseball now where there were a couple of stunts over the weekend. One, the pitch clock situation. Uh, let's just say Max Scherzer tested it <laughs> and got away with it once, did not get away with it a second time. Essentially, he got set and waited for the batter to call timeout. And once he once the batter used his one and only timeout and stepped back into the box, Scherzer immediately threw a pitch, which was swung on and missed. Surprise, surprise. It's Max Scherzer for one. It's not easy to do when you're ready, much less when you're not. Right. <laughs> but the second time he did it, he was called for a balk for quick, quick pitching. Quick pitching. Here we go. And I think that's going to be the, the, the way around that. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's exactly a loophole that pitchers are going to be able to exploit. Yeah, I mean, that's still a – Here's the video. By that's the still a safety thing, I think. Yeah. And see, honestly, that one was – it was kind of iffy. Um, I, this, this time right here, he gets set, right? And he does at least wait for the batter to – Quit, quit moving. Mm -hmm. I mean, because so so you watch here. You see, yeah, that one I can see. Maybe that's 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 borderline. Mm -hmm. The next one was just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was already almost in his leg kick before the guy got set, um, and was called for a balk. Now the other situation, Joey Gallo. <laughs> The Boston Red Sox decided to take their left fielder and put him in shallow right field to play the what would normally be a third baseman spot in the shift. But because obviously everybody has to be on the dirt now, right? Or, you have to be on the dirt and two two players on each, each side, side of, the, of bag. the bag. And I think that needs to be second base bag this summer, by the way. That was a chipism. Oh, the second base bag. Uh, it, it sounds redundant. It to is. Me. Okay. Um, but I think that rule is going to need some tweaking as well. Not only to not allow a left fielder to play shallow right field, but two, if you just draw a line down the middle of the field, like we've said a hundred times, a base hit up the middle is still not a base hit up the middle if the shortstop can play directly behind, behind second base or at least one step to the right of it. Mm -hmm. There's going to have to be a pizza shape to force – Teams that, to that play you outside. can't play within. Right. Otherwise, you got to be outside the pizza wedge. Right. Otherwise, there's going to be that 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 hit up the middle that everybody's. It's no longer a hit up the middle. Still yeah. not a hit up the middle. Yeah. Now, are left fielders going to be able to play shallow right? I don't know. But imagine being a left fielder and having to go all the way to shallow right field for Joey Gallo just to strike out. <laughs> <laughs> You'll take that though. That's a lot of running. Can we just like move run, me? Can, yeah. I, can we move me to center and let the just the like, center fielder slide over? I mean, just yeah. something because I like I'm just saying. Why I gotta go? Why, why do I have to go? Why I gotta go? What I do? <laughs> so I'm, uh, you know, whatever. But anyway, those are those are pretty funny. Um. I'll be I'll be I'll be curious to see how Major League Baseball addresses that these loopholes because mm -hmm. you're always going to find one. That's right. Well, anybody that's trying, and if you ain't cheating, you, you ain't, ain't trying. trying. That's so, yeah. right. Finally, 
There was a brawl over the weekend in the XFL. Justin, roll that beautiful bean footage. Flaring the entire game. It's been very chippy. This is really unfortunate. This isn't what the game's about. Let the record show. Number 64 was not involved. Number 64 being friend of the show, Bruno Reagan. He was not involved in the brawl. Eight players were ejected in this situation. And Bruno not being one of them. And it was the most, probably the most XFL thing that could happen. Let's (laughs) just be honest. I mean, if we're going to have professional wrestlers owning football leagues. There you go. Apparently, there was some uh, defenders down the St. Louis Battlehawks, 34-28. And the Battlehawks were doing one of those fourth and 15 onside kicks. Mm. And that's when sides went after each other. Fists of line. Coaches got involved trying to get their players to the sidelines. Um, Rodler. Brian Hill, Francis Bernard, Ollie Jed in the situation. AJ McCarron was apparently sacked on that fourth down attempt for a loss, you know, sealing the win for DC. And the uh, beer snake, by the way, made its return, which is always good. That means no lemons made their way on the field. DZ's just had all kinds of issues this year. You throw in lemons in week one because they took the beer snake away. And and then they, the ownership group found a way to get the beer snake back, and then they the, the players decided to fight. So I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but anyway, and that's that's it. That's it for today's show. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. It's it's been fun, and quite informative. Yeah, we learned a little something. We did. We won't have Chip Walters tomorrow, by the way. He'll be on a plane to Frisco. That's right. So we got to come up with some folks to talk about. But we will talk a little college football tomorrow because the Big 12 is courting some Pac-12 teams. Pac-12 is still on the verge of maybe a TV deal with Apple and Amazon, Chip Kelly, with an, uh, all kinds of stuff. And, of course, the SEC tournament is getting ready to start. So all of that and more tomorrow here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bar and Joint. We'll be here at 2 p.m. Come join us. Until then, we'll see you then.